Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Golden Ratio Podcast. I am Jen, GR Mom, joined over distance by GR Dad. Hi. How's it going, GR Dad? Good. I am always surprised at your technological prowess in making this happen remotely. Thank you. You gave me like five minutes to come up with an entire remote podcasting system, and it is working. You're amazing. Yes, I am. Just amazing and nice, too, and you're really nice. How are things in Vancouver? Good. Real nice. Like, very springy. There's a lot of cherry trees blossoming, and it's it's a bit brisk, but uh, it's very pleasant. It's a nice place to be. We're going to talk all about your road trip in the ramblings section of the podcast. Okay. For those who are wondering why you're in Vancouver, who have not been closely following your exploits. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The cocktail of the week this week is the Singapore Sling. I was telling you this story that when I was in high school, we didn't take a lot of vacations when I was growing up, uh, but... When I was a senior in high school, my parents, who own a business, uh, had a work trip to Singapore, and they brought me and my brother and my, at the time, ex-boyfriend. This is such a bad story. Uh, (laughs) In and of itself. I had dated this boyfriend for three years of high school, which itself was a huge mistake. He He was a year older than me. And uh, he went away to college at the beginning of my senior year, and then I found out that he had... Uh, like hooked up with my best friend on a school trip the previous year and uh, I broke up with him which like I should have done mm, three weeks into us dating but whatever better late than never if this were a movie no one would believe it actually I'd be like it's too far-fetched he had worked for my parents throughout high school and he continued working for them while he was in college and actually for like freaking 10 years after that he, you he broke was up with time. him and your parents still employed him, kept him around. It was that, biz- bizarre. Oh, we're not going to get into it on this podcast, but the drama and bizarreness that followed that guy around was intense well after I had nothing left to do with him. Uh, but anyway, I broke <laughs> Can't up wait with him. for the new, no, new next no rules. <laughs> I, I broke up with him at the beginning of my senior year of high school. And uh, in January of my senior year, so whatever, three or four months later, we took this trip to Singapore, my family and my ex-boyfriend, who was my ex-boyfriend at the time. And it went exactly as well as you would think <laughs> such a trip would go, which was not well at all. And there's, there's a, whole, a whole no rules drunken podcast to be done talking about yeah. that trip. But we're not going to do that here. The important thing is that uh, there is a hotel in Singapore called Raffles. It's very fancy. I looked it up this week. That's like $1,000 a night to stay there now. Uh, we could not afford to stay there at the time, but they have a kind of very, you know, famous classic bar, and it's out on the patio. Picture like big white British colonial building. As Ingo said, slow fans moving out on the patio. Um, and we went there one afternoon with a whole lot of us. And uh, I, don't know, I don't know if we had lunch or if we just went to like have drinks at this place. And I, of course, was like an avowed teetotaler, certainly in high school. I mean, I didn't really drink until I was almost 30, um, but was quite actively anti-alcohol. And 
I mean, I was fine with other people drinking, but I certainly didn't do it. And so I went to this bar and I think you could drink. I mean, I was 18. My ex-boyfriend was 19. I think I could have had a drink, but I did not. And I ordered a a virgin Singapore sling, which looking at the ingredients now as an adult, I'm pretty sure was Sprite with grenadine in it. Like that's the only way you could make a virgin version of this. But whatever, that's what I ordered because the Singapore sling is a very classic cocktail and it was invented at this bar um, in the Raffles Hotel in Singapore. Um, and, And I think I had two of them. And we were in the cab going back to our hotel and my ex-boyfriend was like, I think he had had a regular one or two, like with alcohol in it. And he was like, wow, you know, that drink, it's, it's really sweet. Like you can't even tell that there's alcohol in it. And I was like, I think somebody could tell if there's alcohol. He's like, how do you know that they didn't serve you an alcoholic one? Like maybe you just didn't even notice. And I'm, the recipe for this drink calls for three ounces of alcohol. And I had two of them. So I'm quite certain that 18 year old Jen would have noticed drinking six ounces of alcohol on an empty stomach, let alone that it, alcohol really tastes like medicine if you're not used to drinking it. But he just, he's like, how do you know? Do you, I mean, there's no way you could taste it, so you just couldn't possibly know. And it just Aww. was like one of those things that pushed all my buttons, right? Like, you don't reliably understand your own life experience. And like, I'm here to tell you that like, you know, this I could answer this, but like you po- couldn't possibly. It was just, it wasn't the most dickish thing that he did but it was really (laughs) exemplary of like seven days of that kind of bullshit from him non-stop it was terrible and so you can just imagine in any family the tension of dealing with this kind of dynamic in a country where you know like you know we are not world travelers right we took two trips to disney world and one skiing vacation when i was growing up uh you know, so you're in a very foreign place and that alone is tense. And then you got this drama. Uh, and, uh, you know, I don't think I was in the mood for it. So I'm not saying that I was like a perfect peacekeeper, but he just like wouldn't leave it alone. Right. It was his goal to piss me off on this trip uh, that my parents took him on for free as my ex-boyfriend. Like, ugh. anyway, anyway. That is what I normally think of with the Singapore sling, is that stupid comment that he was making in the taxi ride on the way back to our hotel in Singapore in 1995. And for some reason, this cocktail came up in some other context in my life this week. And I was like, I should, I've never had a Singapore sling as an adult with alcohol in it. I should try to make one. And so I went and I bought the ingredients for it. Um, It uses gin. Benedictine, which is a one of those liqueurs made by monks, mm-hmm. and it's a, it's a kind of sweet herbal cordial, um, quite nice. So that uh, Grand Marnier, you could also use Con- Cointreau, like an orange liqueur, and then it traditionally would have cherry hearing, um, which is a cherry flavored liqueur, but it's made with a lot of cherry pits. Um, we don't have any cherry hearing and they don't have it at the liquor store here, but I used amaretto because that's like the cherry pit flavor is very similar to an amaretto and an amaretto like Disarono tastes a little bit like cherries if you don't pay attention. So it's a good substitute in there. Um, and then you shake all that up, you top it with some club soda. Freaking delish. This drink is so good. <laughs> it's so good. hundred percent like entering our regular rotation would order it out at a restaurant. It's really great. So 
I don't know that I'll ever make it back to Singapore, but if I do, I'm going back to Raffles to their bar and I'm having one properly with no assholes yelling stuff at me. That's hopefully the, the drink has redeemed itself and you won't, you'll probably still associate it with that stupid memory, but still, <laughs> but still <laughs> the drink is innocent. <laughs> it's well, now deep. I'm like, now I know how to make it. So yeah. now it, now in my head, it's sort of like, oh, yes, it's a quarter ounce of each of these things and an ounce of this. And oh, it's got pineapple juice and lime in it. It's really great. Um, so anyway, there you go. Cocktail of the week. Ingo, when you're back, I'll make you one. But I've Thank had you. a couple enough for both of us. Nice. <laughs> um, okay. Administrative corner. Oh, yeah. I like it's administrative gonna, corner. <laughs> Ingo, it's going to be epic this week. Oh, I can't even. I got I to gotta sit down. Oh. All right. Okay. Uh, so let us begin with the Golden Ratio Foundation. I'm so excited about the Golden Ratio Foundation. Uh, so everybody who listens to this podcast probably follows the socials, but if you didn't, if you don't, or if you just missed it, um, we got our approval letter from the IRS this week for the foundation that we have now started, the Golden Ratio Foundation. So this is an idea that we got a f- couple months ago. And, you know, one of the times that Voods was in the hospital, I think when he had the MRI and we had that very, very big vet bill, a few people were like, could we send some money to help with Voods? And that people often often offer that when we, you know, have these kind of emergency situations. And Ingo, you and I always talk about how, like, we're doing well financially, so we don't want to have money flowing from you guys to us, just giving us money. (laughs) Like, it feels... Yeah. The, the flowing idea is mine. Like it should flow yes. down from the rich to the not so rich. And, and I feel like it should, it's very unnatural to have money flowing up. I've, I've had situations at work where everyone collected money to give the boss of the entire legal department a birthday present. And I was like, yeah. why are we putting money together to give the, like the one with the highest salary, you know, a birthday present? It just seems like the money's flowing uphill instead of the way it should which is downhill so that's where that flowing thing the Mm -hmm. idea comes from yeah um but at the same time like we know that lots of you really love our dogs and would feel good helping and i certainly feel like that like i support um blair braverman and quince mountain they have a patreon like i support their patreon that helps support their dogs I feel good being able to like give them my 25 bucks a month to support their dogs, right? Because I love them as humans and their dogs and I think they're great. Um, I love their writing and that's all supported with this. So, So I get that like people want to help us take care of the dogs. Like it makes you feel good to do that. And so it kind of launched this idea that like, you know, if we had a nonprofit like it makes it much more transparent so nobody could be like, I wonder if I send them 20 bucks for their dog if they're going to use it to go buy cocktails <laughs> like, um, or whatever, right? Like we're kind of transparent about what the money's being used for. Um, it then becomes tax deductible for people, which is pretty good. But um, also there's other stuff that we can do then. And so um, we're very fortunate to be friends with Jen Coleslaw, who I feel like we mention every week on the podcast at this point, um, who has a lot of nonprofit experience. And I texted her and I was like, Jen Coleslaw, I think you want to start a nonprofit. And she's like, I've been waiting for you to ask me about this. (laughs) I think when Jasmine was sick, she had 
pitched the idea you guys should start a nonprofit, and I was like, oh my god, I can't deal with this. Like, Queso had just died. We just got guac. The pandemic was starting. We just got Brody. Uh, and I'd completely forgotten until she's like, I've been waiting. I was like, oh, that's right. Like, you did suggest this like two years ago, but it was before COVID. So it was really like two decades ago. Um, yeah. And she just gave us a ton of like really great advice and enthusiasm about all the stuff that we can do. So our goal with the foundation is to help take care of special needs dogs, including ours. So it will help pay for a lot of our big vet bills, um, but also to help generally with this kind of thing. So um, helping support rescue groups that want to take in um, special medical needs. I've got a comment on that in a minute. And then also um, supporting medical research into the kinds, you know, these sort of problems that we deal with all the time. So like, you know, Hopper and Vink are part of the Morris Animal Foundation Golden Retriever Lifetime Study. Um, we haven't made plans about where we're going to donate to net yet, but Morris Animal Foundation could be one of those groups that's top of the list where we could make a donation to support the Golden Retriever Lifetime Study that helps, you know, hopefully track down why Goldens get so many cancers and do stuff about it. Yeah. Um, in terms of the rescue group, so I tweeted today, it's a recording on Wednesday, I tweeted out about the foundation and uh, Dog Rates congratulated us and go, uh -huh. I don't know if you've been on the socials today. No. So Dog Rates said, congratulations. And I said, yeah, you know, we, and by we, I mean, I was very inspired by <laughs> Matt's 15 out of 10 um, foundation, which he started, I think, late last year. So if you also want to give money to another group, the 15 out of 10 foundation is um, Matt Nelson slash Dog Rates's foundation that finds dogs in shelters who have complicated medical problems or behavioral problems that need a lot of expensive either training or treatment that kind of makes them normally unadoptable and it takes those dogs out of the shelters and pays for their lifetime of treatment related to the conditions that they have. Um, so it's really wonderful and they have, you know, they introduce all the dogs that they rescue and you see them go to their homes and get treatment for their problems. Um, and I just thought it was amazing that, that he started this and like, they're already having this really beautiful impact. And, uh, so when, when dog rates congratulated us on Twitter today, I was thank I said, thanks. You know, I was really inspired by the 15 out of 10 foundation. Maybe we can work on a project together and 15 out of 10 foundation on Twitter was like, I think we totally can. So that's the kind of thing where if they were to find say a golden, or a golden adjacent dog in a, <laughs> in a shelter that needed a lot of really intensive medical care that we could like partner up with them on something like that and help. Um, certainly donate to groups like Great, who's the rescue group that we work with in DC. Like they have paid for all of Remy's medical bills so far, thousands and thousands of dollars. And the same thing for Riley. I mean, they paid all of his medical bills the whole time. Yeah you know, tens of thousands of dollars. I think Cheggs, um, so Cheggs for a long time too, right? Cheggs, yeah. all, I think, I don't, I think Cheggs, we didn't ever officially transfer him to us. Yeah. I, th I think he may have died before we did the paperwork. And Parm, all, you know, I think we paid for his surgery, but up until that, they covered all of his stuff. So that's the kind of thing where we could, you know, make a donation to their fund for either a specific special needs dog or just their general ones. Um, they do have dogs that are kind of permanent fosters like Riley was who um, they're never going to get adopted out, 
because they've got, you know, ongoing serious medical needs and great just pays for them all the time. So, um, with the foundation, we can apply for grants. We can like really expand the reach of what we're able to do. So it will help us with this squad of dogs, um, but also let us do other stuff. And at, at Jen Coleslaw's recommendation, she's like, you should show how much it costs to take care of one of these dogs. And I was like, that's a great idea. Let me add up Voodoo's medical expenses <laughs> from mi- the last 12 it was months. It's a mixed blessing doing that, yeah. Because <laughs> uh, I keep track of our vet expenses generally because you know for accounting and all the stuff that we have to do it doesn't matter but I don't break it down by dog and and I only you know I don't add all the stuff in there it's just sort of a general tracking so I added up for Voods all of his vet bills plus the cost of his prescriptions like his medicine that he gets every day I left a few things out I was thinking today like I didn't put in the Dasequin I didn't put in the Flexidin but generally most of his prescription medicine and um, his prescription dog food for the epilepsy. And over the last 12 months, his total is just over $29,000. Yeah, what's his, what's his medicine cost, his pills? Um, almost $5,000 a year just for his daily it's pills. Am- amazing. The guy yeah. is not appreciative enough. I think he needs to be nicer. <laughs> <laughs> did you uh, tell Voods? Did you explain this to Voods? Because I think he's, he's just—he's not very grateful. <laughs> gives me a gives me a dumb look. Um, <laughs> so anyway, uh, so we're not necessarily we're not the foundation would have to do very well to cover all of our vet bills, um, but it certainly makes it easier. Like we're really lucky, and we are right on the border of being able to afford to take care of Voods. And we're doing pretty well. Like, there's not a lot of people who could afford $30,000 a year to take care of their dog. That's ridiculous. Uh, And he's not our only dog. And so, like, we've talked about maybe picking up extra jobs to pay for Voodoo's medical (laughs) bills. Um, So this is the kind of thing where, you know, because, you know, we have a savings account. I put money in there because we anticipate what he's going to cost. And we're managing it. But if they were to, if the rescue group were to be like, could you take on another dog who would have ten or fifteen thousand dollars of bills every year? It's the kind of thing where logistically, we could, you know, not with six now, but you know, say in the future they give us another one. Logistically, sure, like we could manage the care of another dog, but I don't think we could take on another fifteen thousand dollars of expense of a dog. Yeah. Um, I mean, it would be hard, right? Like there, there'd be a lot of stuff we would have to do to make that happen. And so the foundation allows us to just kind of even that out a little bit where we're still going to have expensive dogs and we're still going to be paying for them because they need a lot of medical care. But the foundation being able to supplement that allows us to take, take ones that nobody else can really take care of and, and give them what they need. Right. Right. And, and the foundation makes it formal, right? So it's like, it's a good way to sort of for us to completely promise that if you give money for the dogs, it can only ever be used for the dogs. There's just no, yeah. it's going to be a separate bucket. It won't be touched for anything else. Uh, there won't be any confusion or anything else. So, it, you know, not that anyone's doubting us, um, but I feel better making it real formal and real clear. Yeah, me too, 100%. So, um, 
Yeah, it feels like then it's not Jen and Ingo taking your money. Like it is a proper absolutely 501c3 charitable organization where you get receipts at the end of the year. Mm -hmm. um, and it, you know, it makes some things like I, I discovered last night that if you are a Patreon supporter of us, so we just have one level of Patreon, it's $4.99 a month. It gets you the same stuff as Twitter followers. You basically get extra videos every day. You get a dad joke on Fridays. Um, more when Boots ends up in the hospital, you get twice daily updates when the neurologist <laughs> calls us. Um, so it's just extra content. We were able to set ourselves up as a nonprofit in Patreon. So now anybody who subscribes to us on Patreon can like all of those count as charitable deductions. So the month, the five bucks a month that people pay are now charitable deductions. So at the end of the year, you get a $60 deduction for that. Um, well, you did that math really fast. That was good. <laughs> 12 times five. Oh. You know, it's like seconds. There's 12 <laughs> hours on a clock and there's five. Anyway. That's pretty good. I'm impressed. Thanks. <laughs> I have a PhD in basic math. <laughs> uh, actually, that usually makes you much worse at basic arithmetic. I'm, so. I'm impressed. Yeah. Um, so anyway, it's it's really exciting. It's formal now. Um and, you know, we're, we're kind of just getting everything up and running in terms of like, we'll set up a mailing list and send people thank you notes and, and all kinds of stuff. But the, the future holds a lot of really exciting opportunities to potentially turn this into like a really big thing. And, and I'm very excited for us to grow it and, and see what we can do and, and help a lot of wonderful but sick dogs be happy. Or voods. <laughs> I mean, it would be a good year for the foundation if just Vood's bills were taken care of. Yeah. He, Could we transfer ownership of Vood's to the foundation? <laughs> probably. And then maybe he'd be less salty to us. Maybe we have to. We wouldn't be his, his people then. Yeah. It's like, no, I'm owned by a foundation. <laughs> I'm the foundation dog. That'd be funny. <laughs> there's junkyard dogs and then there's foundation dogs. It's like a trust fund baby, but oh a foundation my dog. God. Literally, he'd be a trust fund dog. That's funny. All right. So that's the foundation. Very exciting. That's the big news of the week. Um, the other small news, speaking of finances here in Administrative Corner, is that um, some of you who still use Snapchat have noticed that there are ads playing in uh, in the Snap Stories now. This is a new thing that Snapchat is trying out. They invited us to try it, so we're trying it. Um, we'd like your feedback. If it's super terrible, like let us know. Um, it seems like it will supplement now instead of the waffle fund, like the foundation <laughs> with a decent amount of money, though it remains to be seen. Um, it's just kind of like Google ads or, or whatever, right? Like you just see what you get at the end of the month. We don't, we don't control it. We don't pick the ads. They're just, you know, just like on any platform, they just get stuck in there. Yeah, we don't um, pick where they get put either. Like we, we don't no, need, to, no. to need to take breaks or anything like that. It's kind of, kind of, they jam it in there. Yeah, it's just an algorithm that sticks them in there. So we just clicked the button that was like, sure, stick them in there. Um, so those people, like I uh, I think there's like Bissell Spotbot ads in there. I mean, we have a Bissell Spotbot. Like, that's great. We would love for Bissell to give us a whole bunch of money to advertise. But that, they just happen to probably be like, put us on stories about dogs. Um, but none of those are people that we have partnered with. Like they, just like on any social media platform, they've just gone to Snapchat and they're showing up and the algorithm puts it in there. So, um, yeah, 
do whatever you want with the ads, but don't feel like, oh, like they, these people have given the golden ratio money. And so like, we'll support them because we love those dogs. Um, they're just algorithmically stuck in. Yeah. We don't know what it is. Like, you know, someone has, to, yeah. someone has to tell, someone has to watch the snaps or we have to watch our own snaps to find out what Snapchat is putting in there. And it may vary by person, Jen, privacy expert. Probably. Yeah. Uh, it should. Well, there you go. So yeah. <laughs> the ad, think about what it says about you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So that's administrative corner. Um, if you want to know more about the Golden Ratio Foundation, it's goldenratiofoundation.org. And then we're Golden Ratio FDN on Twitter. Uh, there's not much on the Twitter account yet because we're just starting, but it's pretty exciting. Yes. Do we want to talk about counter social or nah? Not yet. Too preliminary. No. Fair enough. No. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, dog updates. Yes, I'm so out of the loop on this. <laughs> I'm watching Snapchats, and I was telling Jen the other day where I said, I can't. I'm so used to having the dogs all the time and seeing them all the time. Seeing like five minutes of snaps a day is not enough. I don't like it. <laughs> I don't like it. So I don't know what the hell they're I mean, doing right now. That's how I felt last or whatever, two not, weeks ago when not, I was gone. It's not a good deal. You had Boots in the hospital. We thought Hoppy <sighs> was going to die from her cancer. Remy ate five pounds of chocolate. They got it all out of their system with you, Ingo, because literally nothing has happened in the world. Don't since you A, left. don't jinx it, right? Are you knocking on wood? Because <laughs> I'm knocking on wood. Secondly, right. I like the, the fan who said it's probably because they all were trying to get your attention so you could come back like they, it was all a cry for help <laughs> to make you come back and they just can't handle you it's it sh- when i leave nothing happens when you leave all hell breaks loose <laughs> so well, that's true think of it that way it's uh it's quite boring around here we're sleeping till late in the morning it sounds uh, terrible. everybody's oh, fine it sounds right now terrible yeah, yeah. It's, they're all doing good i only have two things on my dog updates list and they're both very minor good. one is that vague almost vink almost cost let me try that again vink almost caught a lizard uh so vink runs out the front door and then she stands at the top of the stairs and she looks down because often the big iguanas sit in our little fruit tree orchard at the bottom of the steps. And if she spots a lizard, she throws herself down I mean, the she stairs. She probably and tries touches to catch two lizard. steps or something when she does that. She is remarkably not the bunny hop. She just flies down there. Nope. So this week she spotted a lizard, threw herself down, and managed to get between the lizard and the water. So the lizard naturally starts running to, towards the water, but Vink was there. So the lizard then turned around and started running towards the front yard, trying to get under the fence. But our neighbors blocked the under the fence because they were worried our dogs would come through. So they can't, the lizard couldn't get under the fence. So Vink almost caught it. It like swung itself around. She almost had that thing. It bolted for the water. She was basically in front of it and it got past her. She was like within a foot of that lizard's tail. And I was like trying to stop her, but like, what can I do? Like I was at the top of the stairs. I couldn't physically stop her and she was not going to listen to me. Thank the hunter um, all of a sudden. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> the lizard gets to the seawall and just yeeted itself into the ocean. Uh, Vink paused for two minutes and then yeeted her own self right after it. But those lizards are very fast in the water. Yeah. So it was gone. And then she just swam in circles looking for it. With me yelling at her and like throwing little pebbles at her to try to get her attention, I had to eventually get into the water and drag her wet 
furry butt back up onto the beach. She smells. She, she smells the lizards for long after they're gone. She's the most smell focused oh, yeah. of our dog. It's dogs, I think. She can smell everything. Yeah. yeah, I mean that's why she's always in my pocket for for crumbs and stuff because she knows. Um, yeah. But yeah, she's she when she gets like that, she's she's really hard. And the problem with having the seawall now, which is so great in so many ways, is that it can be depending on the tide, like. A three foot drop to the water so it's much harder for us to just get in the, like wade into the water after the dogs we kind of have to jump down <laughs> clamber down these big rocks so getting in the water is is harder and for her getting out is harder yeah um so that's the vink update and then uh the other update is just very small so you know we announced a couple pods ago that we're going to do the paperwork to officially adopt Remy. And uh, after the chocolate incident, I had to email the whole foster team and be like, just so you know, you know, he went to the vet because he ate five pounds of chocolate. He's fine, but you're going to get a bill. I said, you better send that paperwork so we can adopt him so he doesn't do anything else rash that is going to cost <laughs> a great a bunch of money. And, uh, and you know, so like, oh, this is awesome. Glad you're adopting him. And, and one of the people was like, um, you know, you had a really tough time. His, has he really settled in? And I was like, he is the hardest dog that we have ever had to integrate. Like he's still a pain in the butt. Um, but man, was he impossible for the first, you know, six months that he was here. And, uh, and she said, are you going to change his name? Cause you always have such great names for your dogs. And we change almost all of them when they come in. And I was like, you know, we're keeping it Remy, but we've changed it. Like he was Remington before. And I'm like, we changed it to Remoulade. Uh, and I was like, it, it totally has stuck. Like we call him Remy sometimes, but we also call him Remoulade and I sing little songs to him like Remoulade, Remoulade, took a drink of limonade. <laughs> and she responded and she said, well, it sounds like you took that lemon and turned him into limonade. <laughs> Which I was very impressed. He was, was, and still kind of is totally a lemon. Um, <laughs> He's so good now, in other ways though. Limonade. He's a nice boy. He he had some adventures today because I got distracted at work and he managed to get himself in the water and back out without me noticing. Um, so I brought him in and dried him off and then he just kind of climbed up on the couch and put his head on my lap. Oh, and well, out. that's nice. He loves me a lot. So he can't talk. So he can't tell you what he did to get so wet. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, so anyway, that's it. Everybody else is fine. Doing good. Um but we do have ramblings still, Ingo. Do you yeah. want to talk about your epic road trip? Let me clear up like a little tiny minor matter first because it's driving some oh. fans to distraction or distracting some fans. I mentioned we it's... We call them friends, friends of the squad. Friends of the, friends of the squad, sorry. Squad friends. Um, I'd mentioned in one of my snaps that I was giving Voods half an egg because of reasons. And it's um, with his food. And it's actually not very sinister. It's not a great story. I just wanted to clear it up, which is that we're feeding Remy or we're, we're, we're really trying to do 12-hour divisions between Remy's meals uh, and not 10. You know, like if we feed him at 7.30 and then at 5.30, that we thought we, we were trying to, you know, regulate his, his glucose levels. And so we're trying to give him his, his insulin, which follows the, the dinner, 12 hours apart. So when the other dogs get fed, sometimes we just give Remy like an egg. And I think the one time I gave Remy half an egg with his as his 
like first dinner so he can be feel like he's eating dinner with half an egg and a bunch of green beans and i gave the other half of the egg to Voods as part of his dinner like not as a you know egg carrot but as part of his dinner and so i was that's the that's the whole background there not it's not more than that or i didn't drop an egg and it wasn't like you know anything dramatic but that's that's our our rationale there is to try to get remy really 12 hours between shots of insulin so that there's no overlap between the old dose and the new dose or less overlap so that's the background there so there you go indeed did i explain that right yes okay yeah the other thing is the epic road trip where my daughter had applied for a summer job where she needed a car (laughs) which she did not have she did not have at the time but she said, I will see, I can, I can get access to a car, I think is what she said in the interview. And they didn't <laughs> follow up enough. And so. No, she was just like, dad will get me a car. <laughs> she wanted to buy a car from like, or get a car from like, you know. Um, I was going to say, buy a car with your money. Sh- sure. I mean, there's Let's some, just be clear. some assistance. But she also, she but wait, also the, thinks... the financial, I just want to be clear. You're being generous here. Don't play this down. The assistance wasn't like, oh, she's been saving up money for a year from her job and she was going to buy herself a car. The assistance was you would pay for it and she would buy a car. Yeah. Or let her buy a, you know, a 25 year old Subaru Baja that has, you know, Still with six your million. Money. Well, that probably would be like a thousand dollars. She could have afforded that. For like six million miles on it, which I wasn't too happy with either. So it's you know yes yes. Am I helping her? Of course I am. It's okay. Of course I am. You should be. I didn't proud of. I didn't being buy a her a car when she graduated from high school. So you know, it's a little belated. So we have had the Kia as a third car, and it is the easiest. It was our Maryland car? Yeah, it is the easiest administratively. To just drive that up to her, just give that to her. And so she made some noises about flying down and driving up with me. And then <laughs> then that wasn't as convenient for her. <laughs> and then, uh, and so I said, I'll drive it up there. I, I wanted to see her anyway, right? So I, I would have either flown up in this time frame to see her and then flown back. Or this, which is to drive the car up and leave the car with her and then fly back so which that's that's what i'm doing so i drove from washington dc uh across the country almost three thousand miles to vancouver yeah it took what five days four four and a half five days five yeah four and a half four and a half yeah. days so that's it wasn't pushing it as hard as it wasn't as as long a days as it is when we drive from florida to Maryland, which we sort of forced to do in two days. So it was actually, the days were more pleasant. You were in remarkably good spirits every time I talked yeah, to you. Yeah, I kind of like, I mean, I do like the driving and, and not having to drive at night, not having to drive when I'm exhausted, really did make it pleasant. And I like going to hotels. <laughs> like I went to a different, you know, Holiday Inn Express or, you know, whatever it was, something, something hotel uh, every night. And it was kind of nice. Like I had a few hours to decompress and, you know, catch up on social media and send emails and stuff. Um, so it, was, it wasn't a terrible trip, a terrible drive. Uh, and I like driving. I mean, that is so you start from that, right? 
Yeah. Um, and it was a, you know, I, I, as I sort of have said before, and this may sound a little old person-y, I think I would recommend that, that if you have a chance to drive across country, especially the fat way, right? Especially, uh, from one coast to the other, I think you should do it. Take take a buddy if you want, do it by yourself, bring a dog. Um, but it really, it's amazingly big. Like, it's so big. The country is and big. so different. And there are such vast differences between the East Coast and the, the middle that is so flat and so wide. And then you get into the Rockies and there's desert. And it's amazing. This is all one country. So it's it really, I think it's a good perspective builder. And it really makes you appreciate how how much different other people's perspective must be just just by virtue of where they are and and what they look to as the nearest town or the you know w- w- how do they define their worlds right because it's the center is not going to be the same center of the world that it is for you so it's, it was mm-hmm. very interesting also it's really easy in some ways right you don't have to p- book anything you don't have to be tracked you don't need your passport you just drive wherever you want, whatever you want. It's very, it's very yep. cool that way, and it's so easy these days because there's, you know, there's services everywhere, there's gas stations everywhere, there's decent food everywhere. It is, uh, it's gotten so much better. I mean, I, I'm old enough to remember driving cross country before there was the internet and before cell phones, which in some ways was more liberating, but on the other hand, also meant you had to like drive from motel to motel checking to see if there were rooms for that night, which could be stressful. Yes, I had to do that. And it was especially stressful when my car lost third and fourth gear, my automatic car in outside of Valmy, Nevada. And I had to drive on the shoulder in first gear Uh, like 15 miles till I got to the town, which was a post office and a gas station, wherein I found a payphone to call like Chevy roadside service and waited three hours to get towed back to the bustling metropolis of Winnemucca. Winnemucca, yeah. Uh, Then I had to hitchhike from Winnemucca to Reno to catch a flight (laughs) back to Chicago and my car was gone for like a month. This is a great story. You don't have to do that anymore. That's a great story. Internet, cell phones, oh my God. Yeah, no, now it's it's great. It was quite But the payphone, you probably looked at, you opened the yellow pages that were at the, the, in the booth. Oh, there was a sticker on my car because oh, my car was see, pretty new. See, mine, mine was even older. So I, I had to like one like eight hundred Chevrolet uh, or something. When I broke down driving cross country back then, I had to like, I had like the maybe I had AAA. I think I had AAA, so you called AAA. That's why they were so yeah. valuable back then because it was one number that worked from payphones because it was one eight hundred. It's a little less, you know, unique now. But anyway, anyway, so if even if you break down you these days, time. it's a lot easier because you got cell phones frankly and yeah, it's a sure lot is. easier to recommend to others because it's and you can get an uber to somewhere you can to some you don't have to hitchhike I think that, like that i did a big city good. conceit too i don't think you can get an uber in you know middle of south dakota well, you totally you a hundred percent can well maybe not in like valmy nevada but you absolutely can in the middle of nowhere because it's an easy job for people right like they just have to sign up with the app and so it's like they don't get a lot of traffic but you can make some extra cash driving you think? drunk people from the bar to their house. Sure. Yeah. But like when night when I was driving, 90 was closed for a stretch because they had to get some snow plows through because it, we, they'd had a huge snowstorm, hurricane force wind kind of thing on 
a few days before, and they were still semi. Now, wait, 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 wait! You're changing the subject from Uber drivers. There's, right? there's no Ubers in South South Dakota. <laughs> I'm, I'm literally gonna get a ride from South Dakota. Oh, right okay. Now. Where did you stay in South Dakota? Oh, I don't remember. Do you remember? Uh, All right, so we're going to say South Dakota State University sure. yeah. to the South Dakota Art Museum. There are one, two, three, four lifts oh, in the area available. Get out. <laughs> in Brookings, South Dakota right now. Bingo. Uh, Come on. I can get a priority pickup in two minutes or a standard pickup in three minutes. Uh, I'm disappointed. It's <laughs> everywhere. It's everywhere. Uh, well, good. I mean, even better. Even better. Okay. Traveling is even uh, better. So it was, a, it was a pleasant drive, and now I'm up here visiting my daughter, and then I will fly back over the weekend. Yep. And uh, yeah, you you will have been gone almost two weeks. Yeah, I mean, ten or eleven days. It's, not, it's a long time. I don't. I mean, I don't like being away from you and the dogs that long. But we don't mind. You can stay longer. There are reasons. There are reasons. <laughs> okay. Uh, under ramblings, I just wanted to podcast wreck if I could. Podcast recommendation. <laughs> you wreck a podcast. I always wreck podcasts. <laughs> no, no, I don't want to wreck anybody. I mean, there actually I'm, are some podcasts I probably want to wreck. I'm wrecking this podcast. <laughs> Other people might like them. Uh, I, don't, I don't need to destroy anybody's podcast. So this is a new podcast from Wondery called Scamfluencers. Ooh. Oh man, <laughs> it's so good. Uh, so it's about scams obviously is and like vaguely internet related so all modern scams um they're so like the first they're on episode four episode four dropped this week so episode one and two was about one particular scam these people trying to start a ballet company that like fell apart and all these dancers who got screwed over and like the whole drama behind it and my only complaint is that like they drop one episode each week so they've dropped episodes one and two are about the ballet thing. Uh, three, four, and it turns out five are about the second scam. And it makes me so angry that I have to wait <laughs> for that third. I, when the first one dropped, I was like, okay, well, I know this is going to be more than one part. So I'm not going to listen this week because I want to listen to the whole thing at once. And so this week I was like, oh, I get to listen to both of those episodes of Scamfluencers. And then... It's three episodes. So now I've been sitting here all week just like wanting the conclusion. It's hosted by these two women who just have the best rapport. It reminds me of how people describe our rapport on this podcast, mm. except they're both professionals. <laughs> uh, Wait, professional. I'm a professional. You're a professional. Yeah, well, they're pro more professional at podcasts than I am. Right. You can admit it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like one of them kind of tells the story and then she'll be like, all right, so like the guy sent this email. You want to read this email? Or like, let me show a picture of you got a picture to you of this guy. Tell me what you think he looks like. And she's like, oh, I didn't expect him to look like that. <laughs> and then she gives like this description. Um, they've got a really funny, like playful, interesting banter with each other as they're telling these stories um like it's 
nobody gets murdered in any of these, right? It's more just like, you know, the one they're talking about now is a Ponzi scheme. And, you know, like there are real victims of this. And I don't want to downplay that, but it's presented in a pretty lighthearted way in terms of the storytelling, mm-hmm. right? Um, not They definitely are not making light of that. In fact, this the thing they're talking about now with this Ponzi scheme, they're like kind of consistently going like, he took like his friend's grandparents retirement fund and spent it on a private jet to las vegas like what kind of asshole is this guy so so there's all the appropriate level of judgment but it's not a real like down heavy true crime podcast with a lot of suffering it's it's very light and fun to listen to i just love it so much and i would it's one of those podcasts where i'm like i wish i had discovered it you know, 300 episodes in. So I could just listen to it constantly <laughs> you know, not, over the not next month. Not being able to binge something must really hurt, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so anyway, I it's great. It's by Wondery. Uh, highly recommend. Just, I listen to a lot of podcasts and there's plenty that I have liked that have come out recently, but this is one that has really grabbed me. Um, and it's, you know, smaller bites, so it's not like a, you know, 10-part season that tells one story it's you know you get it in two or three too many small bites apparently for you i (laughs) make more i gotta just like find (laughs) find something to keep me occupied for six months and then listen to the whole season that's it that's great i'll listen to that yeah it's really good um okay do you want to do german word of the week or taste of the keys um german word of the week okay light planke So it's something plank, yeah, right? Yeah, plank yeah, is yeah, plank. Yeah. Is light corpse? No, this is from Leiden to guide. Oh. So it's guardrail on a on a, guard a light plank. Oh, so good. it's the actual guardrail on the. I've been looking at a lot of guardrails uh, recently. Yeah, but, but it means to. It's like a. It's like a, a board that guides you, right? Because the idea is if you crash into it, you 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 slide forward instead of go sideways into the ditch, right? Yeah. Light planker. Oh, I like it. That's yeah. a good word. There you go. And a good invention. It is a good invention. Yeah. And I saw what happens yeah. when you don't have it this, this weekend where there were a lot of yeah. semis and trucks and people with trailers in the ditch where there was no light planker or they'd gone through the light planker uh, because of snow. Yeah. yeah. I saw a few situations, a few, not more than one, which that's notable, of an RV kind of fused together with the with the with a semi trailer both in the ditch <laughs> so you Whoa. can kind of expect you can kind of see what happened it's 40 mile an hour winds and someone drifted over into the other and then they both kind of went Bleh! but they were still kind of like mushed together into one thing fused so light planka good thing so healthy yeah. <laughs> healthy thing keep stay on that road that's a good one. Yeah. Good word. Okay. The taste of the keys this week. Man, was I pleased to discover this story. <laughs> the, t- the headline is, A crocodile blocked a Navy airfield in Key West. The military needed to call yes, for I help. That, that's a great one. I saw that one. Oh, it's so good. This is uh, by our friend Gwen Filosa, the Miami Herald correspondent for the keys. And it's got a picture of this big ass croc. If you search for this, you will absolutely. She's find not really it. our friend. Uh, I mean, we have friends. No, we don't. We don't actually know her. We should be careful because the keys are small enough. Like we're friends with all kinds <laughs> of people. 
but we have not met Gwen. Um, <laughs> and it, so the, the picture is like of this big ass croc yeah. on the runway at Key West Naval Air Station where all the fighter jets take off. And it says a crocodile suns itself on the airfield at Naval Air Station Key West on March 10th. In South Florida, surprise visitors can crawl on their bellies and wear out their welcome. Naval Air Station Key West had to remove a stubborn crocodile from its airfield on Bukachikiki so planes could take off and land. The croc was photographed basking in the spring sunshine with a super hornet fighter jet in the background. Quote, this airfield resident was soaking up some sun on one of our runways recently. And it didn't want to budge, the Naval Air Station announced in a statement posted Monday on Facebook. <laughs> statement. The crocodile made its appearance on March 10th, said Air Station, uh, Air Station spokeswoman. Navy officials knew what to do. The Air Station, at mile marker 8 off the overseas highway, is located within the Florida Keys National Marine Sanctuary. Naval Air Station resident wildlife biologist Rosa Gonzalez, who snapped... <coughs> Excuse me, guac... <coughs> It's a boat. It's always, it's always uh, a boat. Now, back to fucking coolest job ever, Naval Air Station resident wildlife That's biologist. Awesome. Rosa, Rosa Gonzalez, nice job. That sounds awesome. Uh, who snapped the Crocs photo, called in reinforcements from the Florida Fish and Wildlife <laughs> She's like, I'm not picking this thing up. <laughs> FWC to move the reptile beyond the fence line. The state's trapper... Went out to take care of the croc, a female, and she was released in another spot on the Navy base. Crocodile! It was crocodile. This is the thing, Ingo. The croc, seven feet long and one hundred ten pounds, according to the base, has a yellow tag marked with the number thirty-three. And I am ninety percent sure that crocodile is number thirty-three. I have been trying to find it. I know someone has told me her number. I was going back through old text messages, uh, like searching the stupid next door next stuff. Door. Yeah. I can't, I couldn't find the number anywhere either way, but I'm 90% sure that Crocodile was number 33. And I know people have said, like, you can't just on the web track these crocs. Like, there, there is a tracking system, but I guess it's not just like civilians can log in and do it. But when they, I think when FWC was sharing where Crocodile went, part of part of it was that she would be over by the uh, air station sometimes. You know, she just has a big territory. So I'm pretty sure this is Crocodile. This is a great story. It just went from good story to great story. I know. Um, and my our friend um, who lives a couple streets over, when Crocodile was in her canal. She, I was going back through her texts and she had sent me one saying, yeah, you know, the transponder collar has fallen off crocodile. Like she had it for a while. A lot of the videos she had it and then it fell off. And this croc doesn't have one on. They put a new one on her. Oh yeah, and it's a she. Right? It's all, yeah, yeah, it's a she. So. Crocodile. Now she's out of the airfield. She'll probably come back and menace us again. (laughs) <laughs> yeah she hasn't been here so that also she doesn't have an alibi it all fits, it all fits. She, she just confess confess were you sunning yourself at the naval air station <laughs> the navy says we have crocs that live on our airfield and every once in a while they find themselves on the runway usually they can make them scurry away but this one was stubborn just Naval Air Station had to change runways because the crocodile refused (laughs) to budge. I think it speaks very well of the Navy that they didn't just try to like 
blast that crock because you know yeah. there are probably some people who think who would think that's acceptable. I think that's nice that they didn't that they did it the right way. Good for them. Good good job, Navy Navy. You're good neighbors. Someone said the neighborhoods right outside of the fence line in Geiger Key have been having multiple crock issues in the past few months. <laughs> interesting, interesting. Yeah. Um, so anyway, the Navy named her Conquita, <laughs> like because she's nice. a conch. Conquita. Uh, she, but they may have double named her if she's already crocodile. <laughs> I know. I know. So anyway, there you go. That's Taste of the Keys. That is a pretty damn good story. Oh, it's this a great, week. you know, full circle from our earlier stories. Yeah. Nice. Well scripted. Well so there scripted you go. life. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. All right. Well, Ingo, I is I know it is earlier for you, but the sun just went down here. It's almost eight o'clock and I have not had dinner. Oh. I know. Uh so I think we should end this podcast and I should go eat before I get hungry. Yeah, don't bite anything, though. Don't bite anyone unless they ask you to. And <laughs> I know sometimes the dogs are kind of asking for it. So you can chomp a little bit of Remy. He's pretty chompy himself. Remy, you watch yourself. I'm He's kind of chompy. <laughs> All right, everyone. Slava Ukraini. Don't bite anyone, don't unless, bite they anyone unless they ask you to. Bye. Bye.